to be dismissed. Let me also say this morning, it's good to have Miss Pam's aunt and uncle with us this morning, the Crows, and they're here, and they're visiting uh, just today, right? Y'all are headed out after lunch, or maybe stay longer. They came to visit Miss Pammy. That's who they came to visit today. Hey, I can do that because I told her, look, when I'm around family, they call me Timmy. So I get the same thing, so it's okay. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 17. The Bible says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. He that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. By faith Abraham, when he was, excuse me, of whom it was said, verse 18, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Notice verse number 19, the very first word, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. And I want to bring you a message this morning. If you have a bulletin, you have the title there. And I want us to bring, I want to bring a message this morning entitled, Accounting for Dads. Accounting for dads. Any of you use a CPA or an accountant for your taxes? You do that for a reason, don't you? Because the government makes it hard, don't they? Well, that's the idea in verse number 19. It's that word accounting. And we're going to look at that today. And I want us to see accounting for dads. Great lesson for dads here in verses 17 through 19. I hope we will not miss it today. Father, help us and teach us. We'll thank you for it. Father, help those that are away from us today for whatever reason, traveling, sickness. Father, we pray that you put your hand of blessing upon them. And Father, I pray for our children next door. May you use the word of God in their hearts and lives today. Father, there may be some children who need to be saved. There may be some individuals in this auditorium today who need Jesus Christ. If that would be the case, Father, I pray that we would see our need for the Lord Jesus Christ today and that today would be the day of salvation. Father, for believers today, I pray that you'd strengthen and encourage for dads today. Father, I pray that you would embolden them. I pray that you'd help them, strengthen them, encourage them as only you can. Only God, you are. You are the only God. You're the only one that can move mountains. You're the only powerful one. You're the only one that reigns in majesty. And Father, we're thankful for that this morning. Help us today. We commit these next few moments to you. We ask that you'd bless it in a special way. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. <clears throat> you have this on the back of your bulletin. If you have a bulletin, you have the outline of the message today. But one of the most basic, but really also most vital elements in the field of accounting is an equation. That equation is assets equal liabilities plus owner's equity. Assets equals liabilities plus owner's equity. So if you are working your financials and you put in all your assets and all your liabilities and owner's equity and they don't balance, they don't equal, something's wrong. You've put something in wrong, you put something on the wrong side, you've made a wrong debit, a wrong credit, put something in a wrong account. Those always equal. Assets equals liabilities plus owner's equity. And this ver excuse me, word in verse number 19, by the way, that equation helps a business, it helps an individual to take stock, to take inventory, if you will, 
of their financial position to let them know where they're at, their assets, their cash, their accounts receivable. Let's them know their position in their assets and lets them know how much liabilities they have, how much accounts payable, their liabilities. It helps them to know how much owner's equity they have. It helps them to take inventory of their financial position. And in verse number 19, that word accounting carries the same idea. It carries the idea of taking inventory, of accounting, of counting, of reckoning, if you will. And the Bible says in verse number 19, speaking about Abraham, and we have the context in verses 17 and 18. We know the story. The story harkens back to Genesis chapter 22. And we'll go back there in just a moment. But the story harkens back to Genesis 22. And so we have the context. And in verse number 19, he says, Accounting, taking inventory of his God, looking at his financial position, by the way, not his financial position, but the position of his God, accounting that God, his God. After Abraham heard the command from God, he took inventory of his God, he took inventory of his character, he took inventory of his power, he took inventory of his promises, he took inventory of his faithfulness, and he said, you know what? Even if I kill and even if I offer Isaac upon this, upon this altar that God desires for me to do, here's what I believe. God will raise him from the dead. Let me ask you this, had, had he, as best we know, based upon the word, had anybody ever seen a resurrection yet? Anybody raised from the dead? As best we know, no. But Abraham, simply taking inventory and accounting of who his God was, of his power, of his character, of his faithfulness. Look, God said that in Isaac he was going to bless me. In Isaac is the seed. So if God said it, then it's true. If God said that through Isaac are, are, are the descendants going to come as the, the multitude, as the sand of the seashore, right? Isn't that what God promised him? Okay, if God said it, then it's got to happen. Even if I offer it. Well, let me ask dads, fathers, and really all of us. Do we have that kind of faith this morning? But notice Abraham's faith was, was simply wrapped up. It wasn't that Abraham was some greater man than we are. I think we get that idea sometimes. I think we think, well, Abraham and Moses and all the great patriarchs of the Old Testament and Peter and Paul and the apostles, they were just better people than we were. No. You, you know the Bible says in the book of James that speaking about Elijah when he prayed and it didn't rain. Speaking about Elijah, the Bible says he was a man with like passions as us. No different than us. And Abraham's faith was simply bound and wrapped up in the fact of who his God was. I know my God. I know what He's done for me. I know He never lies. I know He's faithful. I know He's made a promise to me. That promise is that through Isaac, not through Ishmael. By the way, did, did you catch that? 
in verse number 17. You know, I made this statement, I think it was either last week or the week before, and I corrected myself, and I shouldn't have. Because I used this phrase about Abraham and Isaac, and I said it was his only begotten son, and then I said, no, 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 you know, he had Ishmael. But in God's eyes, because of the promise that he had made, Isaac was his only begotten son. Isaac was the one. Isaac was the one through whom the seed was going to come. By the way, that's why Isaac is a great type of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll see that when we get in Genesis 22 in a moment. But the Bible says accounting. That God was what? What's the word there? Able. That God was able. Dads, this morning, do you believe God is able? Do you have faith like Abraham? And by the way, don't say, well, I'm not Abraham. I can't do it. No, no, Abraham wasn't anything any greater than you. Other than the fact that he had faith in the one who deserved faith. He took stock. He took inventory of his God. When I, when I worked at Pensacola in the accounting department for a few years after I graduated, one of my responsibilities, there were two bookstores. There was a, an academy bookstore and there was the, the college bookstore. And one of my responsibilities was keeping up with the inventory of the bookstores. And I would occasionally, I would go and do audits on the bookstore. I would just pull some, some items. I would just go into the, to the inventory system, pull some items. And so it said uh, the, the college bookstore has 10 of these books. And I would just go in. I'd pick out about 20 items and I would go in and... and Get the uh, manager of the bookstore. We'd go around. We'd count them. Most of the time, they never matched. <laughs> Most of the time. And so here's what that meant. Either when the bookstore workers, when they got inventory in and, and logged in how many of those they got, either they put that in wrong, or when it went out the door, it wasn't getting keyed right when the person paid for it and, and some other inventory item was being removed from the system, and most of the time they never matched. And I, I, it was always a back and forth between me and the bookstore managers. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? These never ever match and they're supposed to match. The, 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 our, our accounting for the bookstores is way off. These never match. But Abraham took inventory of his God and he said he's able. There's ever, never any deficiencies with our God. God never comes up short. God's never over. He's never under. God is right on time. He's able in every situation. So this morning, as we have a business accounting equation, assets equals liabilities plus owner's equity. And by the way, I'm not going to get into the weeds about that, but it's wonderful. It's amazing as we think about those three different things. Assets equals liabilities. Plus owner's equity. Let me ask you this morning. Who owns you? I hope God does. Let me give us an equation for dads this morning. Can I give us a, an, an accounting equation, a spiritual accounting equation for dads this morning? You have it on the bulletin there if you have a bulletin. As assets equals liabilities plus owner's equity. Triumph equals trials plus trust. Triumph equals trials plus trust. And if you don't have the trust, you're not going to have the triumph. You're probably going to have tragedy. It's probably what you're going to have. Triumph equals trials 
plus trust. And let's look at that this morning. Let me give you three things here. We'll look at all three of those words, trials, trust, and triumph. Number one, fathers, we will, we will, we will, we will most definitely experience trials. I don't care who you are this morning. don't care what dad we, dads we have in here this morning. Every single one of you, every single one of us are going to experience trials. The Bible says, now, now here's Abraham, and Abraham's had this son, and he's probably thinking, oh, everything's good. God has promised this. God provided the son. And by the way, we get this idea sometimes that, that, that uh, Isaac was real young at this time. He wasn't. Isaac was older. Many believe that he was between 30, 35. Many believe he was probably 33 years old, which is telling, isn't it? But he was much older. We get this idea of a little boy and, 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 and Abraham taking his little boy up to the altar. That's not the case. Isaac is older by now. And, and so he has his son and through his son the seed's going to come. But God, you want me to offer him? The Bible says, take your Bible, hold your place here. We'll come back to Hebrews 11, but let's go to Genesis 22 if we could. Genesis chapter number 22, number one this morning, if you're taking notes, or even if you're not, if you're taking mental notes, number one, fathers, we will experience trials. The Bible says in Genesis 22, verse number one, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham. And by the way, He's not tempting him to sin. We we saw the word in Hebrews chapter 11. He used the word tried. He's testing him. And the Bible says He did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham... And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I, excuse me, which I will tell thee of. Number one this morning, fathers, we will experience trials. Trials, first of all, two trials, the promise of a lineage. The promise of a lineage. You say, Pastor, why is that a trial? The promise of a lineage back in chapter number 21. By the way, let, let's just look at one verse. You're there in Genesis 22. Look at chapter number 21. Chapter number 21 and verse number 12. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. Now he's speaking of Ishmael there. In all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. Notice this. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Isaac is the one, God said. Isaac is the one through which all the other seed is going to come. And then in Genesis 22, verse number 2, he says, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains. Fathers, we will experience trials. First of all, the promise of a lineage. There is no doubt in my mind that Abraham was confused. That here was a promise of a lineage. Here was a promise of a son. Here's the promise of the one who through, uh, through whom the seed was going to come. And now, God, you're telling me to kill him, to offer him. Seems to be contradictory, doesn't it? You ever feel that way sometimes? God, I know that you've told me to do this, but I feel like you want me to do this. Things seem to be contradictory. By the way, let me say this. God never contradicts himself. And Abraham knew that. That's why in verse number 19 of Hebrews 11, he says, accounting. He knew that, hey, even if I go through with the act, and by the way, I believe God in his heart, in his mind, it was as if Abraham actually went through with the act. 
He said, even if I go through the act and I actually bring that knife down and actually offer Isaac upon this altar, God's going to bring him back alive. What a faith! God, if I go through this, I don't know how this is going to work out with your plan, but Lord, I have to trust you. Everything seems to be going well, and now this happens, and Lord, I don't know how that's going to work out, but Lord, I trust you. Because I've taken inventory, I've taken stock of who you are. Number one, fathers, we will experience trials, the promise of a lineage, a a, a seemingly contradiction in commands. You're going to have a son. Okay, but now I want you to kill the son. I want you to offer, not kill, I want you to offer the son. You're going to have a son, he's going to be the seed, but I want you to offer your son. It's the promise of a lineage. But secondly, the trial, and really maybe this was a little bit more of a trial, but secondly, the preeminence of our loves. Did you notice what he said in verse number 2 of Genesis 22? He said, Thine only son Isaac, whom thou what? Lovest. Was there anything wrong with Abraham loving Isaac? Absolutely not. He said, whom thou lovest, Isaac, the promised one. He says, whom thou lovest. And sometimes there's the trial between loves, between the love that we have for our God, and it's real and it's true, and then the love that we have maybe for a family member or a friend, and that's really true as well. And we were faced with the trial of whom do I choose, and really it's not a trial because there really is no choice. We always choose God. And God has come and He's telling Abraham, offer your son. Because it wasn't, we mentioned this last week, it wasn't Isaac that God wanted. It wasn't that offering. It was Abraham laying himself on that altar. It was Abraham giving himself completely. Whatever you ask God, I'll give it to you. If it's my only son, I'll give it to you. In verse number 12 of chapter number 22. You're no different than I am. I would have trouble giving my sons. I'd have trouble giving my sons. But would we be willing to do that? It was a choice between... The love that I have for my sons and the love that I have for my God. And if God ever did take one of our children for a higher purpose, will we still understand the great love of God? Verse number 12 in Genesis 22, and he said, Lay not thine hand upon the land. We, we've skipped, we'll, we'll come back and get it in a moment. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God. Abraham, now I know that you fear God. Your fear for God, your reverence for God, your love for God, your your obedience to God is greater than your love for that boy. Was it wrong to love Isaac? Absolutely not. Is it wrong for you to love your boys? Is it wrong for you dads to love your daughters? Is it wrong for you to love your wife? Absolutely not. You should. But it is wrong when we love them more than we love God. 
It is wrong when we place them higher than we place God. You see, sometimes the trial is the preeminence of our loves. Who do we love the most? Do we love our family or do we love God the most? And in verse number 12, he says, Now I know the angel of the Lord comes and he says, Abraham, don't do it in verse number 11. Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. He said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Number one this morning, fathers, we will experience trials. The promise of a lineage sometimes when the commands seem to contradict, but here's the truth, they never contradict. Now we may, we may feel a little confused sometimes, but, but here's the thing, we can always trust God. God said that He was going to be the promised seed, okay. God said I need to offer Him, okay. How's that going to work out? But God, I can trust you. Abraham in his mind, here's how he worked it out. He took account, he took inventory, and he said, here's how it's going to work out. He's going to raise him up. That's how it'll work out. Number one, fathers, we will experience trials. Number two, fathers, when the trials come, secondly, we must exercise trust. We must exercise trust. Fathers, we will experience trials. Whether it's the trial of a promise of a lineage, a really a, 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 almost a contradictory of, contradiction of commands or the trial of the preeminence of our loves. Abraham, I know you love your son. But now I know that you fear me because you did not withhold your son, verse 12 says. Dads, I'm thankful if you love your sons, you should. But don't love them more than you love God. Don't put them on a pedestal above God. Don't say, well, I love my, my son and so I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And it may cause me to neglect some things with God, but that's just because I love my son. No, 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 no. I hear it many times. I, I, I hear folks and you knock on doors and you invite folks to church and... Some folks, they'll, they'll make the statement, well, you know, Sunday's just our family day. That's our family day. We go do stuff together as a family. Then your love for family is greater than your love for God. And let me say this, we will never, I will never love my family the way I should if I don't first love God the way that I should. Fathers, we will experience trials, but fathers, we must, we must exercise trust. Look at verse number 3, if you will, of Genesis 22. We read in Hebrews 11 and verse number 17, the very first two words, almost uh, the same two words that we find so many times in Hebrews chapter 11. But in verse 17, he says, by faith, by faith. What is faith? It's trust. It's belief. By faith. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Fathers, we must exercise trust. Genesis 22, verse 3, the Bible says, And Abraham rose up. Now, we, we've been in this passage before, and I know we've, we always notice that word, but can we notice it again? What's the word? He rose up when? Early. It's almost as if there was no hesitation. It was immediate. 
And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. Fathers, we must exercise trust. And Abraham, verse 5, said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. You know what he's saying there in verse number 5? He said, we'll be back. By the way, both of us. We'll both be back. That's trust. That's trust. God, you cannot lie. And you said he's the seed. We'll be back. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son and took the fire in his hand and a knife. They went both of them together. Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And He said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the land for a burnt offering? See, Isaac knew what offerings were all about. Abraham was an altar maker, built altars. Isaac knew all of the elements that were, were required in an offering. He said, Dad, where's the lamb? Abraham said, verse 8, My son God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Fathers, we must exercise trust. Two things, Abraham offered his only because Abraham was assured of God's accounting. Abraham offered his only. And by the way, God viewed, I believe with all my heart, that God viewed Abraham's actions as if he had actually completed the act, the deed of offering his son. Because the Bible says in Genesis, or excuse me, Hebrews 11, that he offered his only begotten son. He, he did it. And so in God's eyes, it was as if he had actually gone through the actual act, but the mercy of God stopped him, right? No, Abraham, I know I have your heart. I, I know I have your fear. I know I have your reverence. Fathers, we must exercise trust. Abraham offered his only because Abraham was assured of God's accounting of His provision, of His power, of His promises, specifically in verse number 19, of His ability. He is able. So dads, have you taken inventory lately? Have you taken inventory of how good God's been to you? Have you taken inventory of how He's never failed you, of how He's never gone back on a promise, how He's always true and faithful? Because if we'll stop occasionally and take inventory, it'll help us to trust. Abraham was no greater of a man than us. He was no greater of a father than any of these men in here today. He just had faith in the one who deserved faith. He just had trust in the one who had proven himself trustworthy. I can trust him. Completely. 
I don't have to question ever. I can trust Him. So when the trial comes, maybe it's a financial trial, maybe it's a physical trial, spiritual trial. When the, when the, fi- when, when, when the trial comes, I don't, I, I don't know how your personality is, but my personality is when a trial comes, I want it fixed immediately. doesn't always happen. I mean, I just, I, I want it fixed immediately. doesn't always happen that way. And that's where we just have to be still. Say, Lord, I trust you. I, as best I know, Lord, I haven't done anything. And if I have, I, I'm, I'm getting it right with you. Lord, I'm just going to have to trust you through the trial. Fathers, we will experience trials. Fathers, we must exercise trust. And thirdly, this morning, fathers, we should, because Abraham did, we should expect triumph, victory. Abraham fully expected when he left those two young men To go on that mountain with his son, he fully expected both of them to come back. Triumph equals trials plus trust. Fathers, we should expect, we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be surprised when the victories come. We shouldn't be surprised when God does what He has always said He would do, when He does what He's always done in the past, That should not surprise us. By the way, I don't think it surprised Abraham a bit when the angel of the Lord spoke to him. I don't believe it surprised him a bit. Because that's who my God is. Accounting. He is merciful. He is faithful. Fathers, we should expect triumph. Look at Genesis 22 again. Accounting. Accounting, Hebrews eleven nineteen says, accounting, taking inventory, knowing. Abraham knew accounting that his God, that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. That's why I believe that, that in God's eyes, Abraham actually went through the act because in Hebrews eleven nineteen, where it says he received him in a figure. Now you may disagree and if you do, you can tell me. We can talk about it and discuss it. I believe he's speaking of a resurrection. I believe he's seeing him in a figure, maybe a revelation of his resurrection. But I believe it's speaking of the resurrection of Isaac. That if he killed him, that he would rise again. And he received him in a figure. Fathers, we should expect Triumph, Genesis 22, verse number 13. Verse 12, he says, And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad. Verse 13, And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him a what? A ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord. It shall be seen. The angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. And said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, 
and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the, excuse me, as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. You notice that? Thou hast obeyed. What was his voice? Offer your son. And he did. You've obeyed my voice. Fathers, the trials, we will most definitely experience them. And when we do, we must exercise trust. I don't know what the trials may be in your life. They're different for everyone. But the trials, the testings, they're going to come. The Bible says by faith, when Abraham was tried, he was tested. And by the way, it was the Lord that brought the trials. Sometimes the Lord brings the trials. Sometimes Satan, they're, they're, they're satanically influenced. Sometimes they're sovereignly injected. But no matter where they come from, we have to exercise. By the way, sometimes they're self-inflicted, aren't they? Yeah. But even in that, we exercise trust. We will experience trials. We must exercise trust. Dads, are you doing that this morning? Do you, do you take inventory of who your God is? It's powerful. The men saying, only God. We don't have anybody else, folks. You say, oh, no, no, I, I have my spouse. She can't move or he can't move a mountain for you. They can stand by your side while you go through it. Praise God for that. But that spouse can't move the mountain for you, but your God can. Oh, I have my kids. Praise God for them. They'll stand beside you. They'll weep with you when you go through the trial. But they can't move the mountain for you. But your God can. And by the way, your God has many times in the past. Accounting for dads. Dads, triumph equals trials plus trust. Oh, I have plenty of trials. Yeah, we all do. But you better exercise that trust. Because if you just have the trials and nothing else, or let, let me even say it this way. The trust better be in God, not in yourself. Trials plus trust equals the triumph. You're going to have the trials. It's certain. Trust. But pastor, it's so hard. You know what I was thinking? Somebody made a comment this week about something being hard. You know what was hard? I'll tell you what hard is. Going to the cross of Calvary and taking everybody else's sin when you have no sin. That's hard. Oh, it's hard. It's hard to live for the Lord. No, it's not. He's already done everything for us. I get it. We'll have some persecution sometimes. And and, and maybe in our fleshly and human sense, it may be hard, but... It was hard for the Lord and He's already won the victory. 
And we can have the victory if we just trust accounting that God was able to raise Him from the dead. Fathers, we should expect triumph, the triumph of a ram, the triumph of a resurrection. We should expect triumph. Don't be surprised when God works. Now, it's, it's exciting, isn't it? Isn't it exciting when God answers a prayer and when God works and when, when God brings us through the trial? It's exciting, but it shouldn't be surprising. I can't believe God did that. Don't say that. I've probably said that before. I can't believe God did that. We should expect it. Fathers, leave today and start taking inventory. Amen? Start taking inventory of who your God is. Father, thank you for the time you've given us today. Thank you for your love. I thank you for these dads. And Father, I pray that you'd help them today. Father, our dads today, they're under pressure from this culture and this world to capitulate and compromise in the raising of their children. And Father, I pray today, those are some trials that, that come right there. The preeminence of our loves. Am I, am I going am I, am I to cave to the world because I want to be accepted or am I going to continue to have a love for my God? Father, these dads are under pressure. Father, I pray that you'd help us to trust you. I pray that we would take inventory. And that we would, after we take inventory, we would say, you know what? My God is able. I don't know how all this is going to work out. The, these, these two situations seem to contradict themselves, but whew, I know my God is able. And I pray that you'll help our dads to leave here with that truth today and to start taking inventory, accounting on a daily basis who you are, what you do, what you've done in the past, the fact that you're true, you never lie. You're trustworthy. Help us with that today. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me say this. We preach to believers this morning, dear friends, but God asking Abraham to take Isaac and put him on that altar was a beautiful picture of what our father did with his son when he sent him to the cross of Calvary. He died on that cross of Calvary and shed his blood he died, he was put in a tomb. Three days later, he arose victoriously. That's the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Dear friend, whether you're a father, a mother, a man, woman, boy, girl, teenager, if you're here this morning without Christ, I'd, I'd, I'd beg you, plead with you to come. If you've never simply called upon the name of Christ, I'd call you to come. And then secondly, dads, really the message was for you this morning. For believers... Do you look at God the way Abraham looked at God? Accounting that he was able to raise him from the dead? Do you really believe that your God is that powerful? Trials are going to come. They come to all of us. You're no different than any other man in this room. And it can't be a victim mentality. Well, I'm the only one that ever deals with this stuff. No, you're not. But how you deal with it may be different. See, when the trials come, what we all have to do is we have to trust. God, I'm just going to trust you. God, I'm going to account that you're able to raise him from the dead. And then that's when the triumph come, comes. That's when the ram is provided. That's when we receive him in a figure. 
that's when God says once again, reaffirms, not necessarily reaffirms, but just tells Abraham again, look, with blessing I'll bless you. Through Isaac, the seed is going to come. Hey dads, are you trusting Him like that? Maybe you need to come and just bow the knee at this front pew or this platform and just say, Lord, help me to take inventory of you every day. Help help me to remember who you are every day. Help me not to get so bogged down with the trials. Help me not to lean on the flesh when the trials come. But help me to trust you. Help me to take inventory of you and what you've done and what you've done in the past and what you can do and what you've promised. Dads, it'll make us better daddies if we'll do that. I'm not saying you're not a good dad now. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying it'll make us better daddies. Trust Him, the song says. Amen. Thank you so much for your attention today, for your attendance. We're going to pray and be dismissed. I'm going to ask Brother Jackie Moore to pray for us, but uh, I want to encourage you to be back tonight at 6 in choir practice tonight, 5 o'clock choir practice. Dads, he doesn't love you as much as he loves the moms. He lets the moms have Mother's Day off, doesn't he? We have 4th of July coming up, so they're practicing. Um, 5 o'clock for choir, 6 o'clock tonight we'll have our camp service, and I hope all the kids will be able to be back tonight. Hey, dads, we do have a gift for you out on the table in the lobby. And uh, I hope you'll take it. It requires a little work. You have to cook it. But uh, I hope you'll enjoy it. And we do say thank you so much for everything you do in our homes. In, not in our homes, in your home. Because it is true, as the family goes, goes, so goes the church. The church will never be what it ought to be if the families aren't what they ought to be. If our families aren't strong, our churches aren't going to be strong. Dads, we thank you for what you do in your homes. We thank you for staying diligent. Excuse me. We thank you for staying dedicated and faithful first and foremost to the Lord. Thank you for doing that. Hang on. Brother Jackie Moore, that's who I asked. Brother Jackie, you pray for us, okay?